0: Hey, I'm Sean Bravache. Welcome to today's podcast. And today, I'm really excited about it. we've been on this, this theme for three, four five episodes now talking about hiring. And what I've been doing is just kind of running through all the steps that I use to prepare for a new hire. Now, I know this is a lot. And some of you might be thinking like, for crying out loud, Sean, this is insane. Like, you've already spent like, two and a half hours just talking about the stuff that you consider before you start a hiring process. But here's the deal. You don't go through all this every time. What I'm trying to do is just download everything that you should know and consider before you start. But the the second time, the third time, the fourth time that you do this, it's so much easier because you already know this stuff. So I just, I thought I'd share that. And today we're actually unpacking something really cool. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about, The different ways that you can hire someone. So, people tend to think about hiring as a black and white thing. And I hear this all the time with with newer agents getting into the business. And they're like, Sean, I got to be honest, like, I'm at capacity, I need help, but I I can't afford a salary or I don't want to take on such a big commitment. And there are so many ways that you can bring the leverage that other people represent into your business without committing to a huge salary or the burden of a long-term arrangement. And um, and I've explored tons of them. I would say I've probably used every single one on this list several times. and um, And so it's not like that. That's just not reality. The reality is that there are so many different ways that you can bring people into your world. And today what I wanna do is just give you like a crash course. Here's all the different ways that you can hire people And I'll talk a little bit about where I've used them, where I've seen them work. And overall, what I hope to to get, what I hope to give you walking out of this, like what I hope you walk away with is a changed mindset that it's not that big of a commitment, okay? There is no better investment that you can make in your business than people. There's nothing better. I would always rather put my money in good, well-selected, excited people who are passionate about the, the mission that I'm on and joining me and helping me go and build, than any trinket or tool or, or buying leads, I'd always rather bring people in, and it doesn't have to be that black and white. Okay. Um, so as we're going through this, what I would say for you is, is have in your mind, the level of management that you want to bring with people. So think about like, how much time you want to spend, think about how long this role or this problem or this this um, this person that you're bringing, how long you want them to be with you and, and how much of an integral part of your business you want them to be. It might be a shorter term solution. It might be something that you really wanna see happen long-term um, and grow with you kind of thing. And then I'd also, the last thing I'd say is just think about whether or not this should be someone that you bring in and nurture and guide and build with, or if you just wanna plug in a solution because you can still have people in your world that just kind of represent a solution to you. Okay, so it's not black and white. It's not I bring a person on and pay them a salary or nothing. There's this huge range of options, especially today with all of all of the, the virtual support that you can have and the, the the service providers who can come in and just take a little piece of your business and fix that one little thing. So there are so many options. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start um, essentially from like the lowest level of commitment that you as a business owner would make. And I'm going to move up the ladder to where you have a higher commitment to that person financially in terms of time and in the length of your relationship together. And, um, and, and we'll kind of work through it like that. So where I want to start is is really simple. It's fee for service. Okay. So fee for service would be something like a perfect example would be Fiverr or Upwork. This is where you're like, I need a logo, right? I need a logo. I'm going to go find someone on a website who they do nothing but logos. I'm going to tell them what I want. They're going to give me a logo. I'm going to say, can you change X, Y, and Z? They're going to fix it up and I get it back and I'm done. And that's like the entire relationship. And if I really like it, I might use them again on a future project, but that might be the only time I ever use that person. A great example of where I use this is headshots. I like to keep... I, I, I like to break the mold of real estate agents and I actually update my headshots every year. I think it's fun. Um, and I, I own my own equipment. So I just I go out. My wife's a good photographer. We take some headshots. We, and I, I also take like a thousand takes to get one I like. So I, I don't like the pressure of a studio. I like to be a little bit more fluid and natural. So I'll go out and I'll get some new headshots. But then they need to be touched up. Well, I don't have someone on my team who specializes in touching up headshots. And you really should. You should clean it up, balance the light, make sure you don't look too pale, too green, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So I just take them and I choose my top five and I send them to someone on Fiverr and it cost me 50 bucks and they come back looking great. I don't need that person to work in my team. I, I don't even need to use the same person every time. It's just a simple solution. Fee for service could also be, um, could also be, someone coming in and doing like a, a, a day of work on your staging gig or something like that. Or you might just say like, hey, I need someone to paint a room in my listing. I'm gonna pay 500 bucks. You bring equipment, you bring paint. The color we need is, you know, Benjamin Moore, one, two, three X, go. Okay, so there's, there's a nice level of disconnection with fee-for-service. Typically people kind of know their gig Depending on the pay scale and the task that you want, it can just be a really great way to, to work with someone at a really arm's length relationship, no long-term expectations. They bill for what they did and you're done. It's beautiful, okay? The next one is an agency. So this is where you have a group of specialists who all work together and they provide a specific service in a, typically in a niche market and they sell it as a product. So a great example of an agency could be like web design. It could be someone who specializes in online conversions. And it could be someone who says, all I do is I manage Facebook AdWords spend, and I'm gonna take care of all this stuff for you. So it it could be really niche and specialized, but typically these people are gonna be right at the cutting edge of what they do. So if you're going on something like Fiverr, it's a bit of a crapshoot, right? Like you're gonna be working uh you're going to be pitched by a number of individuals they're going to have a rating system but you know everyone's like hey give me a five star review give me a five star review so it's not super reliable it's kind of something like you know you got to really dig to find the the cream of the crop kind of thing whereas with agencies you'll often have really high end professionals uh, another example of a thing that a lot of people leverage agencies for is copywriting right like the difference In the words that end up in your emails could be the difference between you getting a, you know, 1% click through rate or a 20% click through rate. The way that you communicate is huge. So an agency can be a great way to to bring in a really high caliber of talent on a very specific niche job that you need inside your business. And you're going to pay for it. That's kind of the catch. Like they tend to be a lot more expensive. I love a concept that was shared in, in, in Alex Hermozzi's book, $100 Million Leads. He says, I actually really like working with agencies, but ultimately my goal, because he runs a large, a very large organization, his goal is to bring everything in-house. So he loves working with agencies and he's just honest with them. He said, look, you know what? Here's how I like to work. I'm going to have you serve my business by helping us establish blank. You know, we're launching a new campaign and we need help with blank. We don't know how to do this, And yet I do have a very powerful and and established marketing team. This is a new thing to us, though. So what we'd like to do is we'd like to work with you on a six-month contract. We are going to be there as you're doing it, and we're going to learn. We're asking for you to teach us. And then after six months, we're going to take it in-house, and we're going to retain you long-term as more of a consultant who we can reach out to, and you'd be our preferred point of contact when we have a question or when something changes and we need a little bit of help. And you'll have some that'll scoff at this and they're not the right people, but a lot of agencies would be more than happy to do this. Uh, We we're looking at two or three projects where we absolutely are planning to use a service of this kind in in the coming year in our marketing. And I just think it's a great way to be totally transparent and honest with someone get hooked on to really high level understanding of the thing that you're trying to figure out and get hands-on support in getting it done. But then know that in the long run, you're going to have the cost savings and the personal control that comes with bringing it in house. Okay. Moving past an agency, the next thing in terms of personal commitment to someone, like bringing someone into your world would be a temporary contract. Okay. Perfect example of this is like the summer intern, right? You get some college kids to come in you say, Hey, you know, we're going to pay blank. You get some subsidies. We're going to help be being able to pay you or whatever. I'm going to sign off on some work hours and you're going to come in, you're going to work on this. This project. Typically, a temp contract is going to have a a set start and end date. So, these can work really great when you have like a large project. Think um, database transfer, right? This can be a really touchy thing. And at the same time, it's really healthy to move from one database suite to another from time to time. Make sure that you're staying at the front edge of what technology has available. And if something's not working for you, sometimes you just got to make a change, right? So, it can be great for larger projects that, you know, are going to be intense for a while, but then they're going to have an end date. Um, sometimes, too, you can actually use this as a way to watch how people show up for a little while. So I really like bringing in quality temp temp people, but then watching them really carefully because I'm always looking for people that I could you know, give an opportunity to or just refer to someone else. Say, hey, you know, I heard you were looking. This guy showed up, worked with us. We didn't need him long term, but he was great. Highly recommend. Um, it's just a nice thing. Um, to to bring in, usually this is going to be a lower skill level because the best people don't want to do temp contracts, right? Um, Moving beyond that, you could do a part-time contract. So this would be a longer-term commitment, but for fewer hours. And this is a great way to dip your toe in having an administrator. What we see a lot of the time is there will be an administrator in a a brokerage environment, maybe they used to be like a front desk person and then they, they, you know, moved up the rungs and then they figured out that they could actually kind of earn a little bit more and and raise their skill level by working with a realtor, but they couldn't find one or didn't want to work full time exclusively with one person. So sometimes what they'll do is they'll say, you know what, I've got 40 hours a week and I'm going to give 20 to this agent, 10 and 10 to these other two. And that way I can work with three different people gives them some cool job security that they're not like tied to one person exclusively over the long run. But um, it also can be a great way to get access to someone who has a high level of skill. They're diversified in the way that they're, they're working their hours. So they, they're seeing a couple different business models and getting an understanding of what, like, uh, what different people are doing so they can bring value that way. And then a lot of the time, if you're growing and things are going well, you might be able to scoop their remaining hours when one of their other partners uh, either hires someone else or moves on. So part-time can be a really nice way to to work with someone. You're going to hear me say again and again, too, it's a nice way to scope people out. I've taken, I've done hundreds of hours of classes on interview techniques and hiring and managing people. I've read books. I've studied people and personality styles, and you know who's gonna show up, how, where, and all that kind of stuff, and here's the deal. There is no single better way to understand how someone's gonna show up in your organization than having them come work with you a little bit. I, I heard it said by someone, I can't remember who it was, but he said, I can't know if I can work with you till I've worked with you. And as someone who has hired, like, got in and out of business with hundreds and hundreds of people, I can tell you this is so true. It's so true. There's nothing better than having someone show up for two weeks every single morning and seeing how they show up. Are they hung over half the time? Do they show up on time? You know, everyone's great in an interview, but what about two months down the road when they're frustrated, when they're tired, when they're having problems at home, when you know they have a bit of a health glitch and, and they're they're just not at their fullest? It's hard to know that stuff in an interview that doesn't show up on a resume. You've got to see people over time. So a part time contract can be a great way to dip the dip the toe in the water, see what they're capable of in four hours a day instead of paying them for eight and wondering if they're actually using their time and then upgrade them later on. It's beautiful. Okay. another way that you can use part time hours is something called fractional. So, fractional is different in that typically a part time role would be someone coming in with a lower level of experience and they would be kind of serving a need within your organization that you would provide some tools and training on. Fractional is a similar amount of hours, typically even less, but the idea is that it's a way higher level of skill. Think C suite, like you could bring in a fractional. Chief strategy officer, chief marketing officer, you could bring in a fractional CFO if you're getting, if you have a lot of transactional stuff going on back and forth and you need someone to watch the numbers, but you're not a Fortune 500 company and you don't have $400,000 to give to someone to watch your money. Well, a fractional CFO might be a really great way to have someone come in, spend half a day or one day per week working with your company, and it's going to cost you $80,000 or $120,000 instead of $400,000 right so fractionals are really cool way to to buy a small amount of time from a really high tier professional and get that level of guidance in a smaller business okay moving beyond that you also have consultants so a consultant would be someone who where a fractional c-suite person would come in and they would do work for you for half a day or a day every week a consultant would be someone who is a lot more arm's length. What typically you'll find is that they'll come in, they'll review a whole bunch of stuff in your business and they'll make recommendations, but then it's up to you to implement. Personally, I'm not huge on consultants. I I typically have coaches, I'm in a lot of masterminds, I have access to really smart people. If I want someone to come in and rip my business apart, I'd probably go with someone through a recommendation who I could have a longer connection to if need be. And if I'm going to pay someone a whole bunch of money, I want them to do a little bit of stuff. I don't want them to just tell me conceptually what's wrong. I want them to actually start moving the dials with me a little bit. So I'd be more inclined to either go fractional or go with an agency. But I'm just going to pause here. Do you see how many different ways you can bring people into your world, right? Okay. So now we're getting to the more traditional ways of hiring people. So now we're going to talk about team members under contract. So these would be contract workers. Contract worker is essentially one side of the coin in terms of what uh, traditional employment and uh and you know worker relationships look like. Contractors one side and salaried employees the other. Typically, uh, you know, Uncle Sam, the government, whatever you want to call it, typically they want you to have employees. Um, A contractor is a a much more arm's length relationship than an employee. And it's something that essentially you would hire someone to come in and fill a role, but it would be up to them how they show up, how they do it. Typically a contractor is supposed to have their own certifications, bring their own tools, that kind of thing. Um, And an employee on the other hand is a lot more controlled. So an employee is, you tell them when to show up, you tell them when they're done, you tell them how to eat their lunch, you give them the tools, you give them the training, you pay them to attend meetings. They are uh, kind of what traditionally you'd picture a worker being, like that's what all people, when they're like, oh, I can't afford a teammate, I can't do this yet, it's not the right time. Typically what they're picturing is an employee, right? So an employee, you have a tremendous amount of control and typically, they're also going to be on employment insurance. They're going to be on um, uh, some kind of, uh, if there's mandatory pensions in the, the country or place that you, you're building your business, they're going to be on that. Uh, typically, there are a, a number of fees that are tagged on by local government. And that's just kind of one of the things that comes with employees. There's also tagged on liability. Okay, so think about this. If you are showing someone how to do a job and they do something wrong, that's on you. Right? If I hire a contractor, they're separate from my company, they're doing a job and they make a mistake. Well, they're supposed to show up with their own tools and their own know-how and their own certifications and their own training, all that kind of stuff. That, that's supposed to be cooked in with a contractor. So it's a little bit more arm's length. The biggest uh, liability that a lot of people don't think about with employees is severance. Right, So if you have someone who works within your company for a long time and then you no longer have a space for them or you need to fire them, If you're not letting them go with cause that relates to something they did wrong, then what can happen is it can actually cost you a tremendous amount of money, tens of thousands of dollars. And the weird thing with severance is that it's um, it's not just how long a person worked for you. It's who that person is. So. A person who is filling a very niche role and doesn't have a wide job market available to them will, ha- will, will command higher severance. So if, they're gonna, if it's going to be difficult for that person to find another job, they'll command more severance. Age is a significant factor in severance. And I know it sounds weird. Like, Why would that be my problem? Well, guess what it is, right? So severance is a really tricky one. I don't want you to think that employees are a bad thing though, because the beauty of employees is you have immense control. You show up at nine, take lunch at one, you need to work Saturday, your hours are blank. That's employment, right? The thing with contractors is that because they're arm's length, technically they should be able to show up and work whenever they want. So this can be really tricky for a a real estate team because traditionally all of the agents that we hire on our teams are contractors. It's very rare for a team to take an agent into their establishment under an employment contract. It's almost always a contractor agreement. Now, things are gonna be different depending on where you are. So don't take any of this as gospel, but again, remember that contractors are typically supposed to be allowed to work for whoever they want. Um, So it's typically not gonna be an exclusive arrangement, especially like I'm in Canada, especially in Canada. Um, So, they're going to be able to work for whoever they want. They're supposed to be able to set their own hours. So think about the guy who's a subcontractor on a construction site, and he's a tiler. Well, the, they can say, we need it done by Tuesday, and you can't start until Sunday. Well, he knows he needs to get it done in that window, but it's up to him how he does it, right? The Site access is available between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. He could choose to do it all between 5 and 10 p.m. every night. That's kind of one of the things that's built in with a contractor. So they, they're supposed to have a lot of freedoms. The way that we get around this typically in real estate is that we have um, cultural expectations. So the culture of my team is that we all show up and we all work. The culture of our team is that we're all on the power up every day because that's where we support each other. Okay. Um, it's, it's difficult to enforce. It's kind of tricky. Um, The the nice thing with contractors is that because it's arm's length, you also don't need a lot of cause to get out of business with someone. So you can just say, hey, you know what? If this isn't a fit, then I'll just welcome you to move on to your next opportunity because people who remain contractors with us, here's what they look like, okay? So overshadowing all of this, there's also a big question. So those are kind of the main ways that you can engage with someone you've got. Um, fee-for-service, you've got agencies, you've got consultants, you've got contra- uh, temporary contracts, part-time contracts, we've got fractional. I think fractional is so cool. Um, and then the the two classic standards are contract workers and employees. And um, the thing that overshadows all this is, do you want them there in person? Right. So there's been a huge boom in virtual services over the past decade or two. And that's just because of the internet, right? Like internet connections are amazing now. And the uh, level of employment varies from country to country. The average standard wage varies from country to country. And currency exchanges can be a significant factor. So virtual employees can be an amazing opportunity. And you can bring really high tier talent into an organization at a fraction of the cost. And it's not a mean thing. I wanna say I've got tons of virtual employees and I've had like, you know, dozens of them over the years of running my business. And they're a big part of the landscape in how I build my business. Um, they're not my entire business. I always uh, I always have roles that I believe should be someone with a little bit more local expertise and cultural experience in the the client base that you're serving, but man, I've been delighted so many times at the the way that people uh, show up virtually, and um, it can be a great opportunity. And and you can bring really high levels of talent into your business for a fraction of the investment of hiring someone locally. Like I'm talking, you know, somewhere in between a quarter and a third of what you might pay to have someone locally at a baseline. But you're going to get better people. That's hard to turn your nose up to. And I want to just pause here and say as well, it's, it's an opportunity for them because you're talking about giving someone even at that range in terms of like a fraction of what it would cost someone else, you're able to pay them a, an above average salary and they can work from home. So it's not a mean thing. This is an amazing opportunity. Um, we've had people in virtual roles grow with us over the years. We give raises, we give promotions, uh, we have them become managers we've, I, I just, I, I can't say enough good things. Where people fall down though, and I'll talk about this later when we get into like management and leadership and stuff like that, where people fall down with virtuals is they treat them like a toaster. They say, oh yeah, I, I hired a virtual support worker. They're just gonna fix all my problems. I'm never gonna talk to them. Well, how the hell on earth are they gonna do that, right? Same if you bring an employee into your business and you scuttle them in the corner and throw paper at them occasionally and expect them to fix all your problems like that's, that's on you. That's just stupid. But if you bring someone in, in a virtual setting and you care for them and you support them and you lead them and you coach them and you give them the tools and the training and the support that they need, man, they're awesome. Um, and then there's in person. And I really think in person is a very important aspect. Um, Actually, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to say it doesn't necessarily need to be in person, but hiring someone, and it can be virtual from within your own country, I think is always really important because then you're going to get the cultural understanding, the nuance, especially for things like sales, um, management, and anyone client facing. It's so important. Uh, My experience, too, is just being in terms of uh, company leadership. I've always found that the talent I need has been from my country. I'm not saying it's impossible to find them from other countries, but what I find is that I like to have my leadership uh, more local and then I like to have my support staff virtual. And it's a beautiful arrangement. Everyone's been able to work really well together. With, uh, with people who are working in leadership roles, in, in high level roles within your organization, it's nice to have the opportunity to see them. So even if they're reporting to their job virtually, I always strive for opportunities to bring the group together. Just because there is a, a cultural element—not in terms of culture like your country and the people in it, but more like the culture of your organization—it's hard to build it at the same level on Zoom as you do, you know, going out to dinner or you know working through something together or just holing up in a boardroom and figuring out what you're going to do next year. So, um, you know, big picture don't be afraid of bringing people into your organization. Remember, even if you go for an employee or a contractor, even if you go for that, guess what? You're still only making really a 90 day commitment because the truth is, is that anytime you bring someone in, they should be on a probation plan and anyone on a probationary period, um, you can get rid of really easily in the first 90 days. And it's so if they don't come in and make a sizable enough difference, in your business to justify what you're investing in, then you just walk away. So there's no, there's very little risk. It's not a $60,000 salary, it's a $15,000 bet. And you'll see in the first 90 days if that bet was well-founded, okay? So get out there and grow your business. Don't be afraid of bringing people in. It becomes addictive. I wanna hire people, I, I, It's, it, it, you swing to the other side typically where you just wanna try working with everyone you can because you get so excited about what you see being possible. I hope that this kind of opened your mind. I hope this gave you some ideas. If you have a question about any of these, reach out, man. We'd love to hang out. And if there's anything that you're curious about that maybe I touched on, you want us to expand on, or maybe you want to share something that I didn't talk about that you've had experience with, man, I would love to have that conversation. As always, thank you so much for the time that you spent listening to this and just taking part in this. And I can't wait to drop the next one. We'll talk to you soon.